Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Raider Report podcast. My name is Nick Benvenuto. I'm the news editor for The Guardian. I'm joined once again by Claire O'Toole. Hi. And this week, we also have a special guest with us. Uh, student body president Adrian Williams is joining us. Adrian, how are you doing today? Doing good. How are you guys? Doing fantastic. We're glad to have you on, man. I know it's been a long couple weeks for you. Um, I just wanted to go ahead and say that I'm so glad to have you on, hear the good news of you, uh, you know, starting to recover from illness. Um, I know that the whole time that all of that was going on with you and while you were in the hospital, everybody at the Guardian was doing our best to send you our thoughts and prayers. Um, so we're just really, really happy and glad to hear that you're out and that you're starting your recovery process and that you're able to join us today, man. It means a lot. Thank you all so much. It means a lot as well. I appreciate everybody that sent me well wishes and things like that. It definitely meant a lot to me while I was in the hospital, and I'm glad to be out and doing better. And um, thank God things are things are improving in my body, so I'm happy. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So getting things kicked off today, I'd like to go ahead and start the episode off um, by giving you a chance, Adrian, to introduce yourself to us. I know personally, I don't think I've ever met you in person. I'm not sure about you, Claire, um, but I know that there's a lot of listeners out there that might be new students. Um, and uh, people that might not even know who you are. So go ahead and give us a, a chance to learn a little bit more about you um, and go ahead and get started. Yeah, well, thank you guys again. Um, my name is Adrian Williams, as you said. Um, I am currently a senior neuroscience major. Uh, I will be graduating in the springtime. And uh, as you all know, I just got elected student body president. Um, SGA wise, I have been involved in the organization since my freshman year. Uh, I originally, my freshman year was on a couple committees in SGA, um, still was figuring out the whole, you know, student involvement thing and what organizations I was, I was passionate about. Um, before SGA, I actually um, helped found an organization called MAPS, Multicultural Association of Pre-Medical Students on campus. Um, it's an org that's still doing pretty well today. Um, and that kind of led me into SGA. And uh, then my freshman year, end of my freshman year, I decided to run for student body vice president with Daniel Palmer. Um, we won that election. And then um, I spent my sophomore year serving as student body vice president with him. Uh, then uh, my junior year, I spent, I ran for re-election as student body vice president again with Ivan Mallett. Um, and then my senior year, I decided uh, to run for student body president with my current VP, Joe York. Great guy. Um, and and here we are. Um, otherwise, I'm really in other than SGA. I'm really into a lot of uh, research um, and I'm a big uh, neuroscience nerd. Um, I do computational neuroscience research uh, in, a, in a couple different labs. And um, I'm, I'm working on two publications currently um, that should be out, hopefully, by the end of the year or springtime, early springtime. Um, and uh, I, I'm really passionate about my research. That's kind of what I want to do long term. I plan to apply to MD, PhD programs and uh, after graduation. And uh, so, yeah, that's a little bit about me. I'm excited to get to know you guys. And I, it's unfortunate we haven't met in person, but at least we can kind of do things this way. 
And um, I'm excited for what we can still do on campus this year. I know things are going to be different for everybody. It's definitely not what I anticipated um, when running in the springtime originally. But I'm excited to, you know, make the best of it. And we got to figure out how we can get creative and how we can, you know, deal with the cards we've been dealt. And I think Wright State student body is just uniquely suited to do well in this type of environment. We're a, you know, a resilient student body. And we've been through a lot the last couple of years. So I'd like to think we can we can weather this storm as well. Absolutely, man. And it's great to hear your positivity through you know, everything that you, everything that's going on right now, everything that you have going on, your work, your school, everything. Uh, how do you manage all that? It sounds like you're an extremely busy guy. <laughs> well, you know, I think uh, one, it's, I have a great team around me, um, particularly in SCA. I've had the benefit of working with a lot of uh, remarkable individuals who are just really smart, talented. Um, and that makes it a lot easier on that end. And then, uh, you know, I think I've gotten better at it. it it's, I'm not perfect, but uh, over the years, you know, it's taught me a lot of time management skills and really that, you know, you can do what you set your mind to. You just have to really make sure that you, you know, section yourself off, compartmentalize well and, uh, you know, put school first always, 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 always. And, you know, the rest will fall in line. And I encourage, you know, any younger freshman or anything like that, if you're thinking about getting involved, do it. You know, I I, I'd like to say I don't really have many regrets from college, and that's not because I've made the right decision every time. It's just that I think even when I've made the wrong decisions, it's taught me a lot. And um, that that's some great you know advice that older people told me when I was a young student, and I'd like to pass that on as well. Oh, great. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so you said that you've been involved, you know, since your freshman year. Where did where did that passion stem from, from wanting to be involved in not only the school, but, you know, student government as well? Is this something that you did, you know, while you were in high school as well? Have you always been involved in um, in, in student governments and, and stuff like this? Or is this something that you really wanted to get started once you got here to Wright State? Yeah. So um, in high school, I was I was definitely involved um, a lot. I was in student government and I was the president of the National Honor Society uh, my junior and senior year. Um, which gave, which was probably my most significant leadership experience prior to coming to college. And uh, that experience is definitely helped me a lot. I felt like um, I knew how to kind of not manage a group of people, but I knew how to like work with a large group of people and, and really coordinate events, coordinate, you know, what we're going to do on a large scale. And I think the greatest thing that that taught me was how to work as a, as a uh, intermediary between administration and students. And that's a, I'd say that's probably the toughest part of the job, but that's part of the job I enjoy the most. I mean, those are a lot, a lot of those conversations students have no idea are happening. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, a lot of my job is, is, is meeting with the president, meeting with the board of trustees, meeting with the, you know, chief business officer of the university and looking five, 10 years in the future as to how we can get better as a university and what we can do to make students' lives better. Um, and so, you know, a lot of what people see about student government is, oh, we're throwing an event or, oh, we're on tabling for this event on campus and stuff like that. But that's that's honestly probably the smallest part of my job. Got a lot of stuff going on, like behind closed doors. Yeah. Behind yeah, yeah, scenes, yeah. Rather. yeah. Well, that's admirable. You make it look easy almost. Oh, man, it, it, it's definitely not. It comes with its, you know, it's. I, I, I say it to a lot of people, you only see the good parts on social media. You don't see the, the long nights, you don't see the, 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 you know, the tears and the stress and all that. And, and believe me, it is there. Um, but at the end of the day, I enjoy what I do. And, and knowing that, you know, it's going to help some people down the road, hopefully, is, is a really rewarding feeling. And that's kind of what keeps me motivated. Well, good. Sounds like you have a good attitude. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So what was the election process like for you this year? 
Um, you know, when I first started hearing about the election and all of that stuff, I was already working for The Guardian, and I believe that COVID had already like started to happen. Is that true, or was or did the election process start before the coronavirus hit and all of that? Yes. Yeah, so um, the election process actually began in March, if I'm not mistaken. Um, which that was it, like right around the same time frame. Yeah. Then, right? Yeah, it was within a probably a week or two of, of COVID. Um, so like in the in, normally elections are held in the springtime. Um, and when and so, you know, we we had had all our petitions filled out. So we had to get 300 petitions to get on the ballot um, and we had gotten all those signed and we were on the ballot. But then the university decided, you know, to go to remote. And so Ivan made the decision to postpone the election until the fall. And, you know, at that time, everybody kind of thought, okay, by fall, we'll be back on campus. Obviously, that is not the case. So then come Mm -hmm. fall, we had like another election where we had to re-get on the ballot, redo everything. And that's what this last couple weeks was. Um, So it it was it was definitely a long process. Um, And now having been having been through my third election, I am I am definitely happy that it's over. It's a very stressful time coordinating a lot of different pieces and stuff like that. But I'm glad it's over and I'm glad we were able to come out with the win. Absolutely. Do you think that the the added stress that the coronavirus might have, you know, added to the election season? Do you think that that just like added to your resiliency, you know, being a president and being in charge of, you know, the entire student body and stuff like this? Oh, definitely. Um, And if anyone knows, I mean, (laughs) if anyone has had any history on SGA elections the last three years, they've all been kind of um, uh, pretty, pretty long drawn out processes, uh, unfortunately, which is which is not what I want them to be going forward. I think that we should make them a little bit easier and more accessible for the general student body to do, because it's a lot of hoops to jump through and things like that. And that's something that I've um, made a priority with my administration to address, uh, you know, to make sure that it's that we're a little bit clearer in the regulations and how things are going to be judged and policies and procedures, et cetera, et cetera. Um, because this is it, it, it definitely is a lot. And with COVID and things being online and trying to adjust to remote learning and all of that, it, it was definitely definitely a lot of stress. It was definitely a lot of stress. Yeah, I can't even imagine, man. How much has it how much has it changed, you know, like your day-to-day routine? I know for me as a, just being a student and you know working for the Guardian and stuff like that, I pretty much do everything remotely now. Um, so do you guys ever do anything, you know, on campus in person or are you guys doing most of your stuff online like the rest of the university? How's it all working out? Yeah, well, um, SGA-wise as a whole, we we have had our meetings online. Um, which is definitely different because I really enjoyed having SGA meetings uh, in person. I think there was just something really cool about having everybody around and, you know, having the gavel out, having the Senate cabinet being able to kind of talk on both sides. You know, it it just was it was something cool and having people come in and, you know, address uh, us and having votes and things like that was a really fun experience. But um, we're adapting. We've moved to WebEx. And uh, I think the benefit about that is, you know, a lot more people are able to be tuned in from the comfort of their own home. And, um, you know, it'll open up for a lot of guests that we probably wouldn't have been able to actually get up physically on campus. But um, I, myself personally, I have um, I really enjoy going to the SGA office and working. Um, it just is a nice environment for me. So I've been in the office a couple of times this year. Um, and as my health has improved, I've been able to kind of ramp that up a little bit. And I plan to try and, you know, be in the office at least a few days a week. Uh, and I know a lot, I've seen a lot of other student orgs do that as well. UAB, BSU, um, just from what I've seen the last couple of days, but, um, yeah, you know, it's different, but we're adapting, we're adapting for sure. And I think 
as we it starts to become our new norm, we'll start to just get used to it and continue on like we always do. Good. I have been on campus um, just to uh, get coffee or go for food, see friends. But for the most part, I am trying to stay indoors and just kind of uh, distance from everyone. But I definitely notice how quiet it is when I go on campus and it definitely makes me sad. Yeah. I miss the interaction with people. I miss, you know, seeing your friends at Starbucks, seeing your friends in the library. I mean, I've I've been to the library a few times and I've seen some people, but, you know, it's definitely not the same in classrooms. We're not having that interaction anymore. I miss labs. I miss, you know, it's definitely different. It definitely is different. Suspiciously, Starbucks always seems to be busy. (laughs) We're going to get our Starbucks regardless. (laughs) Yeah, not a lot of studying going on in the library. I know, I know. I think missing, you know, the social interactions between, you know, your friends, your your classmates, and just, you know, random people that you might run into across campus, I, I think that that's something that universally, you know, we're all feeling right now. It seems like every guest that we have on here, every podcast episode that we end up doing, it's something that we always end up bringing up is, you know, we miss that social interaction. So, you know, going into this um you know, being at home all the time and everything that the coronavirus has brought upon us. It's something that I didn't even really think about, to be honest. I was I was so worried about my classes and everything that I didn't even really focus on, you know, the social aspect of everything. And now that we're, you know, months and months in with dealing with this, that's, you know, looking back, that's one thing that I'm like, wow, I really do just miss being around people. And, you know, when you, when you do get to go on campus and you're walking around, it's like, it's like a ghost town. You don't really see too many people out. There's, you know, hardly any classes are being taught in person. So it's just a totally different experience than, you know, I think anybody could have imagined. Seriously. I I feel the same way. Like I never realized how much I'd miss just going to class and sitting next to your friends. Like that small thing is just such a big thing. It's not there anymore. And it's definitely different. I mean, and and I'm sad that it's my senior year and that's kind of how we have to go out. Um, I'm also sad for the freshmen coming on campus and this being kind of their first experience of campus mm-hmm. life. Like that's not what it for should sure. be at all. You know, like it, it, it's definitely, and I, I just hope that as a country, we can get this thing figured out soon so we can get back to normal lives because I definitely miss it. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. I think we're all feeling it. We're all feeling it. Um, getting back to your, you know, presidency here. Um, talk to me a little bit. What does it feel like being the student body president? I've never, run for any sort of, you know, SGA position. I've never been really involved in student government, you know, through through any of my schooling. So can you talk to us a little bit, you know, about what it's like, what your what your daily tasks might be, some of the things that you're involved with as, you know, the president of the student body and just overall, what does that feel like? You know, is that something that you just like once it happened and you, you know, you found out that you were that you were the student body president, did it take a little bit to sink in? Can you talk to me about the emotions that you were feeling? Well, yeah, I mean, definitely. The the past two years, obviously, I've been VP. So I've had kind of an inside view as to what the president does. Uh, and I've done some of those tasks myself, filling in for them when, when the need be. Um, but having one it myself, you know, it's definitely been a goal of mine. It's something I wanted to do. I'm really, really passionate about this org and serving the student body. And, you know, it, it was it, it felt really good to have the support from my team and just the people on campus to know, like, hey, we we trust you to lead us. We trust you to make the best decision for us. Um, and, and that's a serious responsibility that I hold near and dear to my heart. And I hope that I can do that throughout the year, um, you know, especially in this type of year. You know, it's going to require a lot of dialogue, a lot of talking with administration, people in the community. And I just hope that, 
you know, I can make the right decisions and and really benefit students both that are here now and the students that will come in the future. And as to um, daily tasks, um, I, I would say in a normal year, um, the role of the SGA president is to, as I said, serve as the liaison between the student body and um, administration and the community. And what that looks like on a practical sense is um, I, I can kind of go over some of the responsibilities. A lot of it is um, appointing people to serve on committees across the university. Um, there's a number of committees from the athletics committee, building and grounds committee, uh, commencement committee. And these are committees that are made up of faculty, staff, administration, and they have students that sit on those committees to offer student perspective. Um, it is my job to appoint those students to those positions. And um, so I work pretty closely with people in my administration, students that I run into or um, know of who would do a good job, send their names out and they serve on those committees, report back to us. And we kind of communicate with the committees that way to make sure that student needs are getting um, addressed. And so, for okay. instance, students have um, issues with like, like uh, I remember, was it last year? I think uh, they limited the amount of tickets that could be had for graduation. That was a commencement committee issue. And we had, you know, a student on that committee representing our needs and advocating that that should not be a thing. That's just one example of something student government would get involved in. Um, another example is, you know, like the like the common hour. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. Um, a lot of schools, I know, namely University of Akron, uh, have an hour every week where absolutely no classes are scheduled um, in any major across the board. And that hour is called the common hour. And the purpose of it is that's an hour for programming, for meeting with your advisor, for meeting with, um, you know, student orgs on campus and things like that, just to help people's schedules uh, all coincide. Because as we all know, with work, school, cl- campus life, it's hard to get everybody on the same page. That's a that's a committee task. Um, I've never heard of anything like that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's something we were working on um, for the last two years, honestly. And um, the, the issue with it is mainly just the amount of time it will take to get enacted because schedules are planned out two years in the future, usually. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it would have to be three years now that we're trying to look ahead. And with COVID and things, you know, it may not happen like in the time frame we want it, but that's something we've been exploring for a while. Um, The other part of the job, in addition to that part, is um, communicating with administration. Um, I I communicate regularly with the president, probably multiple times a week, um, the chief lobbyist of the university, the chief business officer of the university. And, um, you know, when senators, representatives, uh, people come on campus, I usually am the one that they come to to, you know, take them around, explain, like, what's going on in the student body, what's going on on campus, what are we doing Um, And I also talk to them a lot about uh, our goals as a campus. So, for instance, uh, the amphitheater uh, on campus, one of our goals this year is to get state funding to renovate that. Uh, Those are the things that kind of uh, come out of that. Uh, A lot of uh, big classes like Gen Chem 1 or, you know, Intro to Psychology uh, classes that, you know, have three, four hundred people in them as freshmen. Um, Daniel and I worked really hard to get uh, those books be included in the tuition for the class instead of having to buy an additional $100 book. And that was something we lobbied for heavily at the State House. Um, that's so awesome. that's another part of the job is, you know, working in Columbus with state representatives, the Interuniversity um, Council, which is like the general lobbying group for all public universities in the state of Ohio. Um I was appointed last year to, by the um, president of the Ohio Senate to sit on a committee addressing 
um, the effectiveness of each college's mission. So I was one of two students on that committee, and I basically represented the voice of Ohio students um, to that committee. That's incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, that those, those are just a few examples of kind of what I do. Um, you know, every, twice a semester, I give a report on the state of the student body to the board of trustees, answer their questions, answer um, any questions they may have about the climate of the student body, what's going on, what events we have, what initiatives we're pursuing. And then in addition to all of those, I also have some initiatives that I just work on that I'm passionate about myself, um, like Retain the Nine. That's an initiative that's technically not in my job description, but it's something that I'm passionate about. I recognize it needs to be done. And that's kind of something I've worked on for a while. So all in all, that's kind of just a rough outlook of what my job looks like on a day-to-day basis. Um, it's very organic. It you know, No two weeks are the same. And you know, some weeks are light, some weeks are heavy, but all in all, it kind of evens out at the end. It definitely does seem like there's so much that we as students don't see. We don't see where you're stressing out or running to meetings and stuff. And I <laughs> actually remember during the strike looking at Daniel Palmer and thinking, you know, he's just a student. He's only a few years older than I am because I was a little younger at the time. Yeah. But um, just looking at him and thinking, he's just a kid himself. You know, and just yeah. giving that perspective gave me a uh, new respect and admiration for that role. Yeah, it, you know, and I think what's what's amazing about it is like, I think a lot of students sometimes forget that, <laughs> especially I remember during the strike, um, you know, it, w- it was a very difficult situation being a student and working with administration while trying to still keep my grades up and like just attend class while not knowing what's going on or being privy to information that wasn't public yet and trying to navigate those those spheres you know it, it's it's definitely more than meets the eye and um unfortunately you know there's a lot of problems that students come to me with you know that i wish i could just fix and you know on on the surface it may seem like well why can't we just fix it you know and unfortunately that's just not the way a university works you know especially a public university Uh, we're funded by taxpayers, you know, and so there's strict laws and regulations as to how every dollar spent as to how, you know, decisions are made, contracts are made, contracts are approved, things are done. And unfortunately, just a lot of these things take time. And, you know, when your term is only one year, you know, you really have to try and prioritize what you think you can get done as soon as possible before your term is up. And I think, you know, hope the the goal is that we have enough good administrations back to back to back to back that we can really have a long-term concerted effort on a lot of these initiatives but it definitely is difficult what do you think are the benefits or the drawbacks of having a one-year term like you said there's not as much time to get enough stuff done well i think the benefit is you know i think the majority of student body presidents in rice state history have been seniors um, by no means is that a rule, but it, 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 I think just the level of, uh, not maturity, but the level of experience kind of to where you can really run for the job and do it well usually comes by your senior year after being in the org for a few years um, and really understanding the role of like everything that goes on in the university and the inter-university politics, et cetera. Um, but, and, and obviously that would be a problem if it was a two-year term, Um I don't know of any SGAs that do two year terms. There may be some, but I think the benefit, the benefit is, you know, it exposes a lot of students to leadership. You know, it, it, you, there's a high turnover and you really have to make sure that you come in there, get your work done and and have a robust agenda ready to go when you get elected. Um, 
and, and I don't really think there's a there's a negative to it. It, it just kind of is, you know, you, you just have, you know that your term's over sooner rather than later and you just prioritize things and try to get them done as, as quickly as you can. And and I think the, the other part of that is having a good transition process. You know, um, it's been a little bit easier for me because I've been the VP for the last two years. So I really didn't, the learning curve was cut short for president for me. Um, but, you know, the next SGA president, I'll imagine, um, you know, I'm going to spend a lot of time making sure they really understand everything that's going on in the state of current affairs in the university so we can have a seamless transition. Good. Well, I hope you don't mind, Nick, that I uh, jumped in there. It was just an interesting question. <laughs> no, you're good. I love it. Organic conversation. That's what this is all about. Um, I did want to talk a little bit to you, Adrian. Um, you mentioned the Board of Tr- uh, Trustees meeting that you have to attend um, and give an update on you know, the state of the student body. Um, and that's actually where the, I heard you speak for the first time. Um, the last board of trustees meeting that happened, I forget the exact date that it was on, um, but I was in there virtually. Okay. Um, and I was actually writing a story on it that week, you know, giving an update for the guardian on the board of trustees, kind of highlighting everything that was happening. Um, and your speaking in there is like really stood out to me. And I was like, oh my gosh, that, and that was when I, you know, initially knew that I wanted to have you on the podcast because I heard you specifically talk about the retain the nine scholarship. Definitely. And that's something that I had not heard of prior to attending that meeting. Um, so I think this is a perfect segue to kind of talk about it a little bit. Can you go ahead and tell us about the retain the nine scholarship? Where did the idea come from? What was the process like of you getting involved in this? Um, go ahead and give us a little overview of it. Yeah. So um, thank you again for I, I didn't know you were on the call, but yeah, th- that's kind of a regular part of my job. That's honestly my favorite part of being uh, vice president or president of SGA. I think it's really cool to sit to kind of the decision makers of the university who really don't have student interaction and kind of tell them what's going on and show them the bright spots of our campus. Um, so I'm glad you're able to, to be on that. But in terms yeah, of Retain sure. the Nine, Retain the Nine is a initiative that started. It, it's a few years old now, over three years old. Um, it started out as a scholarship under Black Men on the Move. Um, and it was founded by Kevin Jones, uh, who is a great friend of mine and has been uh, heavily involved in all of our administrations for the past couple of years. Um, Kevin was the president of Black Men on the Move in 2017. And uh, he established the Retain the Nine Scholarship. And the reason it was called Retain the Nine is because it was aimed at, uh, ret- the scholarship was aimed at retaining the 9.9% of campus that was African-American at that time. Um, so that's where the nine comes from. And so um, the scholarship under Black Men on the Move was kind of, uh, it, it, it was it was in limbo for a little bit. And eventually it kind of fizzled out due to funding issues. Um, and so when I got elected in 2018, uh, I was interviewing Kevin to be our chief policy officer, I believe. And he mentioned Retain the Nine kind of in passing in the interview. And I was like, man, that's powerful. Like I had never heard of it before. And I loved the name. Um, and I said, this could be something that, you know, goes past just being a scholarship and really turns into a large scale initiative on campus. And so me and Kevin, you know, sat together and brainstormed a lot. And um, eventually we formed a large task force uh, chaired by myself and vice chaired by him, made up of staff, faculty and members of the community. Um, some of the people I'll just highlight a few people. This is by no means exhaustive, but we had the president at the time, um, uh, Cheryl Schrader. We had the provost, current president at the time, uh, Sue Edwards. Um, we had a local, well, not local, federal judge, um, Walter H. Rice, um, members of student legal services, student conduct, uh, housing, Dan Bertzos, 
um, and even down to dining, I believe, uh, just everyone across the board was on that task force. And the main goal of the task force was understanding why the retention rate of minorities on campus. And when I say minorities, I mean socioeconomically defined minorities. So not just um, uh, African-American or Puerto Rican or something like that. I mean, first gen. this also includes first gen students. This includes students um, who are Pell Grant recipients. This includes students from um, high schools who are, you know, underfunded and not not um, up to the state level benchmarks. Um, this includes all of those students. Socioeconomically defined minorities are retained at a rate 25 to 30 percent lower than the rest of the university. And wow. uh, retention at Wright State is an issue we have with everyone, much less minorities. So, you know, that's 25% lower than already fairly low retention rate. Um, and so when I looked at the data of that, I said, you know, me and Kevin poured over, you know, bunch of data, a bunch of reasons, talked to students, talked to professors, and we came up with four concrete ideas as to why students weren't being retained. Um, there were either personal, financial, cultural, or academic reasons. And so the goal of the task force was to address each of those four reasons in an interdisciplinary fashion through mentorship, through, um, you know, uh, whether it's advising, through, you know, assistance with legal issues that students were having, things like that. And eventually we were able to get the Office of Retention, which is right next to, um, it's in the student union. I can't remember the exact office number, but it's in the student union right next to student legal services across the hallway from it. Um, and that office now has four full-time staff and eight um, part-time students working for them. And the sole goal is to assist in socioeconomically defined minority retention. Um, so I always tell students, you know, what, what we found ha happened a lot was, you know, a student is a freshman enrolled on campus. They have a car. Their tire goes out. Um, it costs $500 to fix. They can't fix the tire, so they can't show up to work. Now they get fired. Now they can't pay spring semester fees. Now they have to drop out for a year. You know, it's just like kind of that snowball yeah. effect. And exactly. the goal of that office is to kind of help students with situations like that, prevent them from 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 just snowballing out and end up dropping out. And, you know, the, the that office is probably the thing I'm proudest of in my time in SGA. Um, I remember one random Wednesday, I went into that office and just asked them how things were going. They said on that random Wednesday, this was not like the first day it was open or anything like that. They saw 19 students. And that uh, is, is just insane. I mean, that's just a random weekday. They saw 19 students. So, I mean, I, I have to actually go back and look at some of the data because I know they sent out um, some of the data for the upcoming semester. But, you know, that office, you can you can imagine if you just do a rough number guess on how many students are coming into that office on a weekly basis. Um, and so that's kind of been retain the nine. And um, what I wanted to do was have something that was going to last long after I left. Um, and so that over the summer, that was kind of what was was my main goal. And so I worked with uh, the University Foundation uh, to get an endowed scholarship uh, established under retain the nine. And what endowed scholarship is, for those who may not know, it's a scholarship where you have a certain amount of money in an account that the university invests. And the dividends on that investment are paid out in the, in the um, form of a scholarship. So essentially, as long as Wright State is a university, that scholarship will have funding. 
That's amazing. Um, it'll exist for as long as the university exists, essentially. And um, we were able to get that established. And um, as of right now, that scholarship sh- for the first round should support three students. Um, it'll be one freshman, one sophomore, one junior, and then carry them out towards graduation. So three new students every year will be involved in that. And, um, you know, I'm really proud of that. I'm really excited. It took a lot of people that helped me um with that and and i think that that right there is is one of the one of the things i'm proudest of that i've been able to kind of accomplish and and not on my own by any means but um yeah that's kind of a short synopsis hopefully that kind of covered what you were wondering about it yeah absolutely man that's that's really powerful stuff what a way to you know leave your own mark while still being able to help others um, and what a way to just leave a legacy behind you here at the university that's that's absolutely incredible work man really thank you very much i appreciate that have you also been involved with the George Floyd Memorial Scholarship? This is something that I've been researching a little bit more um, in my free time as well. You know, once I heard about the Retain the Nine, I really started to, to do a deep dive on different scholarships that are in the university um, that I could potentially write news stories on. And one of the ones that caught my eye was the George Floyd Memorial Scholarship. Obviously, you know, I'm sure that 99.9% of everybody that's listening to this obviously knows about the tragedies that happened to George Floyd. Um, so I, I, can you go ahead and talk to us a little bit about that scholarship and maybe how you've been involved in that as well? Yeah. So this, there's actually a, um, interesting story about this scholarship. Um, my dad, uh, one of his close friends is the president of a university in Minneapolis. I cannot remember the exact name of the university, but, um, my dad's friend's name is Scott Hagen. Um, and so Scott Hagen, uh, on, when you know the, the tragedy with George Floyd happened, he issued a challenge to all university presidents in the country saying, hey, you know, if you guys really are about what you say, if you're really about supporting minority students during these times, if you're really about, you know, making a difference in minority communities, put your money where your mouth is and establish a George Floyd scholarship, uh, you know, in, in honor of him and, 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 and what happened to him. And funnily enough, that spread to right state. And, um, we worked towards getting that established. And now I, I honestly can, I have to look at the numbers. I wasn't able to talk to the uh, director of the scholarship, um, recently, but, um, I believe it's to the tune of $500 a student. Um, and I'm not sure how many that will be, but don't quote me on that. I could be wrong on that. Um, but yeah, so, so it's, it, it's kind of crazy that my dad's really close friend is the one who was kind of res- not responsible, but kind of made that national call for it to happen at Wright State. Issue, and, issue the challenge. Yeah, yeah we were able to get it and we were able to get it done. So that, that was kind of my work over the summer. Those were my two big projects uh, was getting the Retain the Nine and George Floyd Scholarship done in addition to the Racial Equity Task Force. Wow, you had a busy summer. You did not take any time off. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it turned out a little bit more hectic than I thought it would be. But, you know, with everything going on with COVID, I was like, I might as well do something with the free time. So right. take advantage of it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome, man. I just I'm 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 in awe of listening to um listening to you talk about some of the things that you've been involved with, you know, throughout your course here at Wright State. I just you just, you know, exude leadership you know, in everything that you do. And I think that that's really, really cool. You know, can you talk to me about a time here at Wright State, maybe some people here at the university that have, you know, challenged you and that have pushed you to become the leader that you are today and to be able to, you know, head on these tasks and all of these challenges that you try to juggle at all at the same time? Oh, yeah, man. Well, thank you for that. I really appreciate that. But 
uh, as I said at the beginning of this call, it, it is it really takes a village. And I think um, I've been really blessed to have some really fantastic mentors around me as I've kind of grown into myself as a leader. Um, Daniel Palmer is one of those individuals. He's been a tremendous friend, mentor um, to me throughout my time here. Um, Gary Dickstein, the former vice president of student affairs, um, tremendous, tremendous mentor to me, um, helped me so much, especially early on when I had first gotten elected, just kind of navigating how to be a student, how to be a leader and navigate both roles at the same time. Um, our last two university presidents, President Edwards and uh, President Schrader, have both been phenomenal to work with. You know, I, I've learned so much from them about leadership, how to navigate conflict, uh, especially dealing with a strike and having both of them, you know, heavily involved in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think members of the Board of Trustees I've gotten to interact with closely. Um, Greg Sample has been another individual. Daniel Crane, Dean of uh the Lake Campus has been another individual who's just been tremendous to work with and really helped me. Judge Walter H. Rice, who I who I mentioned earlier, part of the Retain the Nine Task Force, has been a mentor to me. Um, I've met with him a ton of times, and he's just really showed me, you know, how his career has 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 evolved into what it is today, and how you know it starts from when you're in college and things like that. But um, you know, and and that's just people in administration, you know, that's not counting the tons of students who I've worked with who have just been absolutely phenomenal to work with. You know, I've I've been really, truly blessed to work with a phenomenal team and have phenomenal students around me. And I'm really thankful and blessed to to know that many people. So yeah, that's just a few. And that list is not exhaustive. I, I, I'm almost afraid to start mentioning more names before I forget some really good people. <laughs> humble, but I'm sure inside you're a little excited. I am. I am. I am excited. You know, it, it's a fun job. It's a fun job. It has, it has, it has a lot of pros. All right, Adrian. Well, it is, it is a tradition here on the Raider Report podcast that we go ahead and ask everybody at the very end, um, a simple question, but it gives us something to talk and laugh about. Do you drink coffee? And if you do, how do you drink your coffee? All right. So, I drink coffee occasionally, not as much as you would think, um, probably maybe once a week. Um, I think if I had your schedule, I would need like seven pots a day. <laughs> coffee actually makes me a little jittery. I have to stay away from en- energy drinks and stuff. I just like my palms will start sweating and like I'll start pouring sweat and eating <laughs> myself with it. Um, but when I do I actually enjoy drinking decaf coffee a lot. Um but when I do drink it, I'm, I, unfortunately, I like it probably sweeter than it needs to be. Um, I like it strong and really sweet. Uh, so, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put a lot of French vanilla creamer in it, and it'll, it'll be some cream with a side of coffee by the time I'm done with it. But that's how I like it. <laughs> that's funny, man. Well, I'm so happy that we have a student body president that is as passionate and as hardworking as you. Um, talking to you over the past, you know, 35, 40 minutes, whatever, has just been so insightful. Um, and it, it just makes me so happy to know that we have people that are in positions of leadership here, um, you know, that are so passionate and that are so, um, you know, mindful of the things that they're doing and, you know, always looking forward to the future for the students and stuff like that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be here and speaking with us today. Claire, thank you so much for joining with us as well. Um, I'm looking forward to next week when we have episode eight. It was nice to talk to you, Adrian. Thank you. 
Thank you guys so much for having me on. I, I, I'm really excited about your podcast and I will definitely be tuning in as a uh, listener and please send me a link so I can share it with people because this is really awesome. I did not know The Guardian had a podcast and I'm excited to continue to listen to it. I love podcasts. Do you think you can get your buddy Joe to come on? Oh, definitely. Joe would love to. Love to. I'll be in talks with him then. That would be awesome. We'd love to have him on. Um, so thank you guys so much for listening. Once again, Adrian, Claire, thank you so much for being here. Guys, check out our social media at WSU Guardian, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, anywhere you need to go, YouTube. We have it all. So check us out. We have the, uh, the right source of news. So thank you so much for being here, guys. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Thanks for having me on again. You guys have a good one. Bye, guys. Thank you.